Podcasts have the power to change your life. And I'm hoping that this show with me, Anna Parker-Naples, is one that you'll come to to feel a little bit better and a little bit happier. Because this podcast is positively influential. Back in September 2022, I went on an incredible trip. I was invited as part of a collective of a mastermind of female entrepreneurs. I was invited to go to Necker Island, which is the private island owned by Richard Branson. And we were going to be doing some work with him around building our businesses and having more impact in the world. I was invited to apply to join a particular mastermind, which is led by Natalie McNeil, who is an amazing, amazing spirit, an amazing woman who runs a company called Coaching Evolved, but she works very closely with Virgin Unite and the collective have been involved in that project for about seven years now. And every few years, Richard invites 40 entrepreneurs in the collective, female entrepreneurs only, who have impact-driven businesses, who want to make a difference, to go and stay on Necker Island and have the most incredible time. And while we're there, not only do we get time with him, but uh, Also, we spend a fair amount of time discussing how we can support Virgin Unite, which is the foundation Richard and his daughter Holly run. It's the core of their work now. Is an amazing organisation that is supporting huge organisations and getting huge initiatives off the ground that really do make a difference. And I didn't really know about that side of his work before I went. Now, I was a little bit trepidatious. And if I'm honest, the main reason for joining that collective actually wasn't to go to Nekai. It wasn't for Richard Branson, although that was a really cool icing on the cake. Really, I wanted to join that collective of women because I wanted to expand my connections. I wanted to throw myself into the ring with other female entrepreneurs in the online space, coaches, mentors, healers who were much more ahead of the game than me. Because I believe that when you surround yourself with people who are further ahead, it lifts you up pretty darn quickly. But in joining that, obviously with COVID and lockdown and all of those things, the trip had to be delayed several times. So instead of going in September 21, we didn't go till September 22. And in that interim, we had lots of online sessions, many of which I would step in to host myself, some weekly, some monthly. And we also, some of us, those of us in Europe would get together and have our own little mini retreats, which was really cool. So we've done a lot of hot seating, really getting to grips with each other's businesses. The conversation now, because we all know each other so much better, because we're all coaches, mentors, and able to drop into that space of holding space for others to change. The conversations that we all have now are epic. They're off the scale with the ability to help shift other people from where they're at right now. And everyone's at a certain level in business where we're beyond the initial struggles of setting up, we're established. So I joined really because of that. I wanted those connections and it came with a whole heap of imposter syndrome that I, at the time, many of the businesses are over a million dollars a year revenue. In fact, much more than that. And we were nowhere, nowhere near that at the time. 
And yeah, I really had to kind of do some digging because I guess I was a little bit in awe of some of the women in there. And actually what I discovered through one of the reasons I hosted some of those informal masterminds and hot seats online was because I didn't want to go and have this amazing experience, this life-changing experience and not really know the people I was with. That felt like it was a bit of a shame and a wasted opportunity. So what I realized through hosting a lot of those masterminds was that one, I can really hold my own amongst other leaders, conscious leaders, people who are really awakened to the effect of their work and much more ahead of me in terms of their business prowess. But I felt like I could hold my own. And that's been a massive confidence boost for me. So when the trip finally rolled around, I'll be honest, and actually we had so much going on at home. I've told you about the year I had last year. We had so much going on at home. I almost didn't go. I almost pulled out several times, the final time being about two weeks before we were due to go. The idea of stepping away from my family for 10 days, I always find really hard, always do. And that's because of some of the emotional challenges that go on in my household. But every time I step away, I can see things with much greater clarity and things are better. My husband was really supportive of me going, but that didn't mean that there wasn't so much organisation to do before I left. And, you know, that's part and parcel of my own family setup as well. And a lot of the family challenges we've had over the last 18 months or so. And I'd never, ever been away for so long. So first night was staying, we were staying in London and then we were flying to, we were supposed to do a very quick crossover or layover, whatever you call it, in Antigua. And then we would be going to land on Beef Island and be then taken to Scrub Island in the BVIs. And from Scrub Island, we would then be taken a few days later to Necker Island itself. And actually that first night in London, I was sharing with my very good friend, Catherine Moore, And we were both on the trip together, which was amazing. And actually, I was really plagued that night. Poor Catherine. I talk in my sleep when I'm really stressed. And I don't talk. I actually get up out of bed when I'm really stressed. And that particular night, I was really on edge about leaving. Funnily enough, once we left the UK, I was totally fine. But it was the first time that I had actually been in business class. It's the first time I'd ever used a lounge at the airport. And it was amazing. (laughs) And what was was really cool, on the way home, when we all were we're all flying back business class. A lot of us flew back on the same flight to Heathrow on the way home. And the stewardesses um, and stewards remarked that they'd never seen so many business owners that were female in one cabin before. And to put that in some context, we weren't just, you know, flying with a corporate company and we've got the ticket. We actually have created our own businesses and we're flying business class under our own steam. And they, you know, the fact that they were actually remarking that there were so many women just goes to show there needs to be more of that happening, right? So we got stranded in Antigua because their plane kept being cancelled, which is a thing that happens in the British Virgin Islands and in that neck of the world where things go on island time, not on the timetable that we're expecting to to work with. But we basically, there were five of us at the beginning of the trip and we were kind of meeting people in airports and things like that. And by the time we got to Antigua, there were five of us, I think. And we literally began masterminding in this airport, having the most incredible sushi, and then we got shipped to a luxury beach island resort in Antigua. It's like a proper honeymoon resort. And there we are. We arrived at about 10 o'clock at night and were there till the next morning. Beautiful, beautiful part of paradise I would never have seen without this kind of quirky thing that happened. And that kind of set the tone, really, for the fact that for the majority of it, we were all there to help each other shift. Now, obviously, in a group of 40 women, 
you're not going to know everybody. You're not going to get on necessarily with everybody. Some people aren't going to be your cup of tea or whatever. But it was very clear that we were all there to really help each other grow and evolve. So we'd already done a fair amount of hot seating when we were in Antigua. Then finally, we got to Beef Island and then to Scrub Island where we were staying. And we arrived actually in the middle of a storm. And the storm had actually knocked out the power supply on Scrub Island. And this had never happened to them before. It not only hit the main generator, but it hit their backup um, transmitter as well. So we literally arrived in this luxury resort and there's no power. It's really dark because of the storm and we couldn't see a thing. And obviously, we then had no phone connections, no Wi-Fi, all of the things we're normally able to do. Couldn't even let my family know that I'd arrived safely. Last thing they knew, I was getting on the the world's tiniest plane, which in itself was a bit of an adventure. But what it forced us all to do was be there in the moment right there and then. And the hotel and the the resort were actually amazing. They managed to cook us an incredible couple of meals where we literally ate in candle and torchlight, not because it was a romantic notion, but because that's all there was. And they were sort of cooking our dinners on barbecues and gas heaters like I'd go camping with. And it was funny, actually, because the day that we were leaving Scrub Island, where we did a lot of our masterminding with the 40 of us involved or however many were there at that time, was actually the day that the Queen died and our phones had just come back on and we'd started to get signal again. And what we'd been talking about that day was this new wave of leadership that was coming through where there does feel as though there are many more people, conscious leaders, waking up and saying, we can't keep living the way that we have. We've got to look after ourselves. There's more to us. Your happiness, your joy is really important. It's not all about drive, 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 ambition and following the norms. Then the Queen died and it felt really, I was very emotional actually, which I hadn't expected, but it felt very poignant that here we are, 40 really influential women coming together, impact-driven women who are consciously deciding to get louder and to lead their own tribes, lead our own tribes and our own followers in a really positive way. So it it, it kind of felt really special um, that we were there together making decisions about how we lead from the front in the personal development and mindset and spiritual consciousness fields. So we then went on the most incredible, joyous boat trip over to Necker. And I can tell you that we were all high as kites. We drank a lot of Necker Island's very own champagne on the boat trip over there. And Necker itself is absolutely stunning. It really is Paradise Island beyond a Paradise Island. It's so beautiful. What it must have been like for Richard and his wife to stumble across this when they're in their early 20s and no one had ever been there must have been amazing. But the whole island has been built with conservation in mind and looking after the environment to the point that we weren't allowed to use our own shampoos and conditioners and suntan lotion. It all had to be barrier reef safe and things like that. Now, I hadn't really known what to expect from the amount of time we would get with Richard. I kind of thought that, you know, Richard Branson is a busy guy, that we'd be lucky if we saw him for a couple of hours. But because of COVID and his relationship with Natalie, who he's worked alongside with Virgin Unite for a long time, and the fact that we were the first all-female group to visit NECA since the pandemic, when they'd very much kept themselves and the, the workers in isolation. I think they had one family visit for 18 months during the pandemic, which must have been a hell of a way to ride out COVID, I have to say. That Richard actually got really involved with us all. And he actually joined us for dinner on that first night. And I couldn't actually believe it when he came and sat next to me 
after he'd done his sort of welcome hello speech. And I kind of decided before I went that, yes, I really wanted to speak to him, but I also didn't want to kind of badger him about like success and ambition and all businessy questions that I guess, I guess every entrepreneur is asking him. And I decided that I was actually going to ask him about his mother. And his mother was in the war. She was a wren. And I'm sure that's right. It was a wren or a waff. And I knew that she'd worked in a particular outpost station because she'd written about it a little bit in the past. And I was saying to him, look, I'm writing this book about it. I'd love to hear more. And he absolutely jumped at that. And he was like, oh, I've got some letters that never made it into the book mum wrote because they were too racy. But I really think that if you're writing about what it was really like for young women, it would be good to include it. So he was then off making notes for his one of his assistants to go and um, have a look through one of the stores that was rescued in the fire at NECA when many things were destroyed. That meant, I think, that I felt much more at ease and I was not panicked. There was a lot of pushing energy around us. A lot of everybody, of course, you, everybody wants to talk to Richard, right? Of course. It was made really clear to us from day one, in fact, before we arrived, that we were not to badger him for photographs. We weren't to take photographs and post them anywhere without permission. So I have very little decent photographs with him and I, but I was actually really fortunate and I spent quite a lot of time with him. And in fact, on the last evening, we had this amazing party and we all had to dress up as our future selves. And I think I'll tell you more about what that was and how that party went on another episode. I'll make myself a little note to talk about that another time. Future selves party. Note to Anna. So this particular meal, I don't really know how it happened, but I ended up sitting next to Richard for probably two hours or so over dinner. I'm dressed in just a white shirt with very with shorts, my hair completely wild, very hot, very, very hot. And he is dressed as a ringmaster with a top hat on. And we sat and talked for about two hours. Obviously, there are other people at the table as well, but I was able, because of just the seating position, really, I was able to talk to Richard in quite a lot of detail about my business and about what I'm doing with Influential Audio, why I think that it matters, why podcasting is a really important mechanism and how I believe that if we can change how many people think and feel through the coaching side of my business and through many of the work that a lot of the ladies that I was away with do as well, that we really could shift a lot of things in this world. And one of the things that I really wanted to say to him, if the right moment came up and not in a pushing way, was to tell him the impact of a conversation that I'd heard him have and what it had had on me. And I told him how many years ago, when I was recovering from being disabled, I had begun listening to podcasts on an Apple iPod. And back then, when you couldn't listen to things like that on a phone, it was like a completely different system. But I'd got myself in this habit of, I was off my Zimmer frame, I wasn't using crutches anymore. But I used to do this 10 minutes around my house every day, just to make myself walk. Because I was still in a lot of discomfort and walking was challenging, but I wanted to have some exercise. And every time I went out, I would listen to a podcast or an audio book. Back then, it wasn't as easy to listen to things and podcasts were still really new. And there was this one particular, and I don't even know what it was called, but there was this one particular audio that I listened to. And it was snippets of five very influential men. And I can't remember the others, but one of them was Tony Robbins. And one of them was a conversation that Rich Branson had had. It wasn't being recorded especially for this podcast, but it had been taken from somewhere else and stitched together into this montage of really inspiring quotes. And I said to him that 
we actually laughed about it because I said, actually, it wasn't the thing you said. It wasn't your words that really shifted things for me. It was Tony who spoke after you. But the sentiment and the feeling of that audio that I listened to encouraged me to go for what I really wanted and to take that risk. And the words of Tony Robbins, who was then on the audio after, actually said, wherever you're listening to this, whatever you're doing, that thing you keep telling yourself you'll never do, stop this tape, you must have said, because it was repurposed from somewhere. Stop this cassette tape right now and go and do it. And the thing for me was, I used to say I will never run again. That's not even remotely possible for me. And I stopped the audio on the iPod, having listened to three other guys, can't remember who they were, didn't know them, Richard, and then to Tony Robbins. And I stopped that track and I ran to the next lamppost. Now, having come through a period where I thought I would never walk again, to then proving to myself that actually it was kind of bullshit that I couldn't run, but I was holding myself back in fear, Uh, fear of pain, real fear, fear of breaking myself, fear of testing the waters, to show that I could run I mean, it might, God, it must have been less than 10 seconds that I ran, but I did it. And I, I said to Richard that that moment really shifted things for me. It was the moment that gave me hope. And he took my hand at this point and he looked at me. So we sat side by side. He looked at me and he said, and actually he doesn't make a lot of eye contact really well. He's quite nervy, actually, when you're around him. He's lovely. He actually has a very lovely energy. And he said to me, he looked at me and he said, and are you well now? And I said, yeah, I, I've completely recovered and I changed everything about my life. And I said to him, what I want you to know as someone who's been out in the field, very visible for many years, is that you never know whose life you're going to touch. And I said to him, I don't want you getting big headed because it was Tony who said the final thing that really made that difference. But if you hadn't been out there sharing that we need to take risks, that we need to be brave and if we don't take risks and be brave, then what life do we have at all? Then I certainly would not have recovered. I really believe that. I certainly wouldn't have retrained in NLP and in coaching. I certainly wouldn't have had the successes that I had in my voice acting career. I certainly would not have been brave enough to come into the online space and just risk it all, be brave and show up. And he, he he held my hand for quite a long time. And he just said, I'm so grateful that you've told me that. And he had a little tear in his eye. He just nodded to himself and said, it is things like that that make it worthwhile. And we just kind of sat in silence. He was holding on my hand and he just, he just patted my hand and he was like, your work's important. Go and do what you need to do. And it was just such this magical moment, magical, magical, magical moment to see that I'd really moved him, to see that I was having this opportunity to share with this incredible man. He's far more than that persona that we know of him in the early 80s and 90s. He's far more than that. The depth of some of the work and the change work he's actually doing behind the scenes has really quite astounded me. He's very much a man of his time. He's a product of his time. But I came away actually feeling that I have had the privilege of spending some quite considerable conversations with one of the men, really one of the people, whether he's a man or not, it's irrelevant, but one of the people who really is influencing a lot of things in the world right now, pulling strings behind the scenes beyond politics. And one of the projects that most impressed me is that he brought together the concept of the elders. 
which came out of a real personal desperation that he couldn't stop the Iraq war. He was very, very close to getting Saddam Hussein out and getting him into exile before the bombing from the Americans started. And he felt so frustrated that he'd not been able to action that quickly enough that he decided that we need, the world needs wise, older people, the elders, to come together to go beyond politics, to go beyond what each country wants, to talk about what the world needs the most. And he brought together the elders, which were headed up initially by Nelson Mandela, Desmond Tutu, a couple of ex-presidents, the ex-president or prime minister of Northern Ireland, I can't remember which, but some incredible people who were tapping into the wisdom of the world and trying to negotiate things, very challenging things from that place. And that was one of Richard's many brainchilds. And I feel as though on that whole trip, there were so many incredible moments, conversations I had with the other women I was away with, the beauty of where we were really making you, me, remember that we're very privileged to be in this world as human beings. We get to experience this world as well. Being in the company of a man who puts joy and pleasure pretty and health pretty top of the ladder was inspirational as well. And then obviously the conversations I had with amazing people while I was there. And I feel quite changed from that trip. It gave me the final push to begin the rebrand. It was already kind of happening, but it was the final push. And even since, even some of the decisions I made while I was there, I've gone further in that decision making and gone even more in a different direction than I thought I would while I was there. Uh, We've tested a few things that I think my audience aren't necessarily ready for yet. But I feel now that I know where I'm going and I'm back on track. And that's what that trip did for me. There were so many amazing, amazing quotes. Not quotes, they literally just fall off his tongue from Richard. He does really have quite a lot of wisdom. One of the things being turn your biggest weaknesses into your biggest success. That really spoke to me. If you don't attempt things, you can't achieve them at all. And a great life is the culmination of curiosity and being in the race. What are you curious about? What parts of the world or parts of your life or parts of your creativity could you step much further into? And are you in the race? And that race isn't against other people. That's what I realised so much by being on that trip. I'd started with this kind of imposter syndrome. I'm not as good as these people. I'm not making as much. I've not got as many followers. And I came away realising I have all I need. I've just got to choose which race I'm in and the reason that I'm in that race. And that's not, for me, those hardcore external successes. The race for me is in how much of a difference I can make in my lifetime, how much I can remember to come from a place of service and wanting to make things a little bit different. And I'm really thrilled that I had that those quite a few moments with Richard, but particularly that one where I got to tell him the impact of his words. And you know what? If any of you one day meet me and have a chance to tell me that something I have said has made a difference. Don't shy away from telling me because that is actually what I'm doing here. I want to help shift you. I want things to move along. That is more to me knowing I've helped facilitate or been a catalyst for shifts or change or transformation in your world. That for me means far more than the big flashy launches that I had egotistically wanted to achieve 
because they're markers of success. And actually, I'm going to do a whole episode on what I really think success is. Every time I do one of these new episodes for this new show, I'm just full of ideas of things that I want to come in and talk about. I would love you to let me know if this has got you thinking. And I would love you to reach out to me on any of my socials to genuinely let me know what you think of this show and this particular episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have got lots up our sleeve for Positively Influential with some live events coming your way soon. Make sure that you are on the wait list to find out exactly what we're up to at www.annapn.co forward slash events. So you make sure that you are in the room with us, sucking up those vibes that are Positively Influential. Positively Influential.